All right, let the tour begin. Okay, so um, Safe House was established in 98. This is our original little house. Um, this emergency shelter is for youth 11 through 17. It's a 21 day program. And while they're here, they get individual group and family counseling. So mm -hmm. they'll see a personal counselor every day. And the main goal of this shelter is to reunite youth into a safe and stable environment. Okay. So we try to circumvent CPS and work on uh, establishing family relationships again. So maybe they can't go home with mom or dad or mom and dad have split. Maybe we try to get them back with mom rather if the problem was with dad sure. or maybe it's a grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle, older brother, sister, you know, some time a situation where they can be with their family. Yeah, no, that's and great. And so um, this is a 17 bed. Okay. Um, currently right now due to staffing, et cetera, we're taking 12. Okay. Um, this would be kind of your normal, uh, this is the, the girl side. Yep. So, um, okay. you know, we try to keep it very homey. And, yes. Um, so you're not like coming in and like, like an institution. Yeah. More look. like a family feel. Or yeah. Home, yeah. Real home feeling to it. Yeah. That's right. very nice. And so we split the girls up and make sure nobody's standing there naked for sure. Sure. No, no, no. And then, you know, this is another room. Obviously, the girls are in here. This one's um, not as neat as the one in front. Okay, sure. <laughs> so, um, and they come in, and they just get kind of a normal routine. You know, they, they uh, everybody gets a chore, and um, they do, uh, looks like they're probably having a group in meeting here. there. Sure, yeah. okay. Um, so right now, it looks like they're doing some trauma. Okay. So they'll talk about trauma. Mm -hmm. This is our intake area. All right. And then over on this side, we have um, what's called a flex room. Okay. So we also provide services for LGBTQI youth or trans and, you know, any kind of youth that maybe wants to come in and they don't feel comfortable being on either side. Sure. This is like a flex room or maybe we get more girls than boys. This can be a, a flexible area. Okay. Um, when they're here, they'll move it this way. Sure. When they're here, they do... Uh, you know, they get recreation, they'll watch movies. Okay, this work. is a really nice home. Yeah, and then you got the girls here cooking up a storm. It always smells delicious. Very nice. Um, today must be taco day, I can smell them. Ah, nice. Or tortillas of some sort. Okay. <laughs> and then this is our boys' side over mm -hmm. here. Um, so, you know, you got kind of the same setup and then the extra room over here. And while they're housed here, do they go to school and classes? Yes. Okay, so they this do. is really more of like a place for them to come home in the evening and have a No, a roof we have the school head. on site. Oh, I'll show you. Okay. So Safe House was actually established by two educators in okay. the Reno Valley School Systems. All right. And um, one of the very important things to them was education. So. The Riverside County Office of Education, the day we built this whole complex, brought this in. It's a mobile classroom that they dropped onto our site, mm -hmm. and they provide a teacher from the Riverside County Office of Education. Okay. They go uh, like a normal school week, five days a week, six hours a day. Okay. And um, what they will do is more like a virtual school because, you know, you've got different age groups. 
And then while they're here, their um, credits that they earn can be transferred back to their home school. Oh, that's so awesome. if they go back to a school anywhere in Riverside County, their credits will be transferred over. Another program we work with the school district is called Come Back Kid. Okay. And that's a weekend. They can come back on the weekend after they've left the program and they can continue catching up on their credits that will get transferred back. There's a teacher here on Saturdays, kind of like a Saturday school. Sure. So, and you know, when you're homeless and you're living in a car on the streets, obviously you're not going to school. Right. Um, some kids are going to school. They're not living on the streets, but maybe they're in a car or something like that. And they're not, or maybe they don't go to school, but they're registered with the school district. They'll, if they come through here, then the school district will send them. So they may not have, you know, if there could be a situation where they're not even really in our shelter, but the school district will send them here. So okay. they'll come over on a weekend. And then um, it, it also here, what they do is we have the Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. Okay. So uh, probably like 2010, we noticed about 50% of the kids coming through were saying they'd been trafficked by a relative. Oh, no. And um, Or someone they know. Sure. You know, a lot of people think of trafficking as... You know, it's like Someone people coming on a boat the, uh, or, oh, oh, you know, sorry. a massage parlor or, mm -hmm. you know, a foreign national coming over and getting in a, you know, you see them in these cargo box trucks. They That's all come right. over the border, you know, and really it's just kind of with the kids, it's just happening. It's happening online. Um, it's happening, you know, in their family. Maybe it's a way to make money. Mm. They're taking pictures of them. I oh, mean, there no. could be different things besides just gap, the actual, walking the streets and right. being sold. That's right. And so um, we contacted the Riverside County Sheriff's Department and established the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. Awesome. And um, we had funding through uh, Office of Victim Services up until 2019. Okay. And then um, we lost that because we'd done so many times and... Um, right now, I've been kind of in the course of writing grants to rebuild that department. Okay. Um, we have a director and a case manager, and what we do with all the youth here when they come through is we do identification services, which is called a see-it. And basically, it's kind of just a series of questions. And then if the youth indicates in that you know, questionnaire that maybe they've taken money, well on the streets or whatever then we kind of push them over into the case manager and a counselor okay and a lot of times you know we work with them to see if they'd like to prosecute or press charges sometimes they do sometimes they don't yeah. sometimes they leave and they call us like a year later saying hey i changed my mind sure you that's know probably a very difficult decision and right especially if it's a family member that's right and a lot of other times it could be somebody maybe threatening their family so yeah. they got mixed up with somebody online that maybe they sent pictures to that says, you know, if you tell your parents or if you turn me in, you know, I know where you live. I'm going to put these at school. Everybody will see them. Oh, no. I know your Facebook, you know. So they threaten them in different ways so they feel intimidated and they don't want to report. But if they do report, then our case managers will work with them after they've left this program mm -hmm. and, and continue the case management with them going through, you know, the police department and the prosecution like what happens and if it goes to court they'll go to court with them and um, we continue to counsel them after they've left and offer services to them referral services other places that can help them maybe even get them signed up with victim compensation if that's something that you know would be they need at that time sure. right so um, we work with them from the beginning to the end we've that's had great. some kids that have 
been here, you know, maybe two or three days and they leave and then they come back and, you know, so it's a process because you're dealing with someone under 18 and, you know, I mean, it's even hard for people over 18. Sure. So imagine being 12 or 13 and being trafficked, you That's know, right. yeah. so, um, and, and I, you know, we have kind of gone the course. We had a group home at one time that we ended up closing that just was for the girls mm-hmm. And um, at one point, we were the only provider of services in the county. So, like, our at the time when we first started, one of our victims was, like, six or seven. Mm. And our oldest victim was a labor trafficking victim that was, like, 68. Oh, no. And um, in, in, like, 2016 or 17, we kind of switched that up. And so now we're the only person or only agency that is under the age of 18 okay. um, as far as shelter and then case management there's other people that do services for kids under the age of 18 but we're the only one that provides the shelter okay so um for those kids long-term services and so we have this one and then in 2008 we built from the ground up another emergency shelter that does all the same stuff out in the desert so okay. That's called Safe House of the Desert, and that's a 20-bed. Oh, wow. So between the two emergency shelters, we do about 350 kids a year. Oh, right. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh, 95% of those youth move on to a safe and stable environment, so they don't return back to the streets. So, you know, I think that's great, whether you're doing one kid or you're doing 10 kids or you're doing 100 kids, but if you can do 300 kids and keep them... Provide all that intervention so, you know, later in life they're they're diagnosed, they're working on their mental health issues or their insecurities or whatever so it is that they're not 18 and just hitting the streets, you know. That's right. So we're, our, our goal is to kind of stop that before it starts, you yeah. know. And then over in um, downtown Riverside, we also have a Main Street Transitional Living Program. Okay. And that's an apartment complex for older homeless youth. It's an 18-month program, and kids that are have aged out of foster care, you know, or living in the streets, encampments, all over, uh, that's 12 beds. Mm-hmm. And um, they can come there and live there for 18 months for free. They receive case management and counseling, and um, they do eight group activities a month. So maybe it's a, you know, it could be Planned Parenthood, it could be Bank of America coming in doing financial literacy with them. Okay. Um, you know, all kinds of different people that will give them life skills so that when they are ready to transition on, they now have all the tools needed to, you know, move out successfully. Okay. And so once they make it through their first 30 days, we start working with them to get documentation because a lot of them come without their social security cards or their driver's license or they don't even have a birth certificate. So we work with them to get that stuff and then we get them working and um, or school. Maybe okay. some of them haven't gotten their GED. We'll get them back into GED and get their education going. Mm-hmm. And um, once they start working, then we take 50% of their income and we put it in a savings account oh, with us mm-hmm. until they move out. And so we've had kids that have gone through and gone to the military. They've gone to work for Job Corps. Uh Um, Some have just gotten, you know, gone to technical college and become trades, some kind of trade. Uh, We've had kids go through court reporting school. We, you know, we've just, whatever they want to do, we help them get going. We just had a kid that moved out. He was working two jobs and he left with $30,000 in savings. 
Wow. And so he was able to move out. We helped him get some low-income housing. And he's living with his roommate that he was in the apartment with. And they're both working and one's going to school Mm part-time. And, you know, he was able to get some furniture with that money and a little cheap car. And we set him up on, you know, how to do your budgeting and how you pay your rent. And, Mm -hmm. you know, don't blow through your $30,000 the minute you move out. (laughs) (laughs) Concert tickets, you know, whatever. So, um, and that's that's been open since 2000. Okay. Um, and probably about 500 kids have gone through there. And they're at about an 85, 86% success rate, so, okay. which is good which is for that age, Absolutely. age group. Sure. And, you know, I run personally run into people all over the place where I'm like, you know, hey, uh, I work for Safe House. Can you do this? And I get, oh, my God, my son was there or my daughter was there or I was there or you know, and this is what you guys did for me, made such an impact and, you know, it was long term and here I am. We were in court with a girl, you know, uh-huh. and at the end, the court reporter came up to the person that had taken her and said, do you remember me? And she's like, no, I don't remember you. And she says, you sent me to court reporting school. I came in as a single mom. I was 18. I had a baby and you guys kept me housed me sent me to school I left and I've done so great and I've been working for the county for 20 some years I have three kids I'm married wow and you saved my life and there she was while we were there with a new kid oh wow that's an incredible story that's awesome yeah just amazing kind of things we do yeah sounds like it yeah so we have the TLP there and Mm -hmm. we'll go inside Sure. And then um, we also have another one down in the desert. So our desert's like a huge complex. And then um, they have a school as well. They get school from Desert Sands Unified. Okay. And then um, the Harrison House has 20 beds. Okay. street outreach program okay and our street outreach program is really cool because what they do is all over riverside county they will go out and um, they serve kids 11 through 24 all right and they'll take backpacks and you know different things that they give like blank inside the backpacks like water blankets maybe a gift card for food if we get donations for those like mcdonald's or subway okay um little pajamas or you know hygiene just things they would need if they're on the street but what they do is they try to keep meeting them and build that trust Mm -hmm. and then after they've built the trust then they try to get them to come in you know they offer resources you know here's something for counseling here's something if you're being trafficked here's you know trying to just become not friends but so they know who we are and where we're at sure and then eventually hopefully we get them to come in or we're able to get them into our uh, we have a four bed emergency shelter for older kids over on the main street property okay so we try to get them in there and when they're in there they get 30 days and from there we work with them to kind of do the same thing in a more uh quick 
service type way for these kids that are coming off the street that are in the emergency shelter. Sometimes we can place them in our own transitional living programs, but if we're full, we work with them to find them other alternatives. Oh, that's great. So we're, we're constantly working with these kids, trying to get them diagnosed and get the mental health services they need. Mm-hmm. Um, every one of our programs is counseling-based, evidence-based counseling. Oh. So here we have two counselors, and then we work with uh, Cal Baptist and UCR and and you know other so that we can have interns come in oh, and then that's, that's right. how they get their counseling internship hours yeah okay, sure. so um, we we have what they call a practicum program so they can come here and it saves us a little money on not having to pay thirty counselors we can have you know four or five here working at a time free and that's really a, a wise way to go. It's great yeah and then some of them will go out with street outreach and work with the kids on the street. Um, and, and then over at our, our TLP program and that mainstay is what it's called the little four bed shelter. They also get counseling daily, um, even if they need more than daily. And, um, so street outreach is kind of our funnel. Sure. You know, they'll go out and they also work with the schools. Uh, we have a program called Safe Place that we've had in place since 1997. Okay. And it's a partnership with, uh, safe house and local businesses. Uh, we work with parks and recs because a lot of kids will hang out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, youth opportunity centers, so like Bobby Bonds and you know some of the other opportunity centers that are throughout the county. Uh, our staff can go in there and leave information, or if there's kids there playing basketball or whatever, you know, chit chat with them, whatever. Um, we work with all the school districts. We provide outreach in the schools so we'll go to the middle schools and the high schools and we work with the gay straight alliances and different ones on the college campuses where we're able to go and talk to them about safe place programs safe house and everything we do there okay so um you know the 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 those are great ways of letting kids know who we are another really cool thing that through the safe place is we work with rta and Sunline. And RTA, I'm not familiar the bus, with The buses, oh, oh, RTA, RTA buses. Okay, the public transportation, sure. Right, and they all have the little safe place emblem oh, on their wow. on the buses. And so our education we provide to youth in schools because we're here in the desert, but we also serve Marietta and Temecula and Hemet and Elsinore and everybody all around us. Mm-hmm. So when we give this education, we tell kids about the Safe Place program so that if they're say in Temecula or Marietta or, you know, Sun City or, you know, whatever is not near us, they can hop any RTA or Sunline bus, which is the desert, Mm -hmm. and they will take them to a hub and contact us and street outreach will go pick them up and bring them back to the shelter. That's tremendous. So that's how we link ourselves with cities that we're not located in. Okay. And how we're able to serve, you know, kids from all over the county. Yeah, that's so, um, besides street outreach, we also have four mental health programs that are fully funded, thank goodness, through um, behavioral health. Okay. And one is called Cup of Happy, and that serves youth 16 to 25, and they're located on school campuses. So, they can provide counseling and outreach and education and assistance there. So the kid does not have to come to our shelters or be in our programs. They can receive counseling services. So Cup of Happy is for kids with trauma, suicidal ideation, 
um, cutting, um, anxiety, depression, LGBTQI, like maybe they came out and they weren't accepted, um, anything like that. Mm -hmm. And they also will provide a funnel to our counseling program that they can do on campus or by Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, it can be, it's called Stress in Your Mood. And it works with uh, the youth and their family. Okay. So they, they can receive free counseling for up to, I think they just changed it to 12 weeks. Oh. So it's the semester, basically. Mm -hmm. And then um, we also have CBITS, which is uh, Cognitive Behavioral Intervention for Trauma in schools. So those counselors uh, will receive referrals from a teacher or the count school counselor saying that these youth they think they might be suffering from some form of trauma mm. and so they also provide a program with counseling and family counseling that again is done on the school campus mm -hmm. and then um, we have seeking safety which works with domestic violence and substance abuse oh, wow. and those are 16 to 25 year olds the CBITS is middle school, so 12 to 16, I think. All right. And then um, the other two do 16 to 25. Wow. So, and all of those are uh, in low-income schools. Okay. So schools that maybe possibly don't even have a counseling service there. They might have one counselor for all those kids. So yeah. we kind of provide the backup. And they're everywhere. They're like in Blythe and Indio and, you know, Rubido, Jarupa, out towards um, French Valley. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not sure. I know they're in Mid-County. I don't know if they do. I know they do Marina Valley. I don't think they do Temecula. Okay. So, you know, they're, we're just all over with that. We have like 40 counselors on staff for that program. Oh, wow. That's great. So. And how long have you been with Operation Safe House? <laughs> 22 years. Whoa, Too wow. long. <laughs> Well, it's a tremendous work that you guys are doing here, and uh, obviously I spoke to the right person because you know all of the programs and the impact that it's having in society. Uh, I didn't I probably should have started with your name and then your title in the organization. I'm Julie Hale, and I'm the Fund Development Director. Okay, well, uh, well, I wear a lot of hats, but yeah. we'll put that one on for the moment. Okay, <laughs> that's great. And, and how did you get involved in counseling and in, in just? How did you hear about Operation Safe House and what's kept you here all these years? Um, well, I actually uh, got involved with Safe House. I came out of communications mm -hmm. um, years ago and uh, a friend of mine worked here. And so I'd known about it since it really was established. And she said, hey, we would like branding. And do you know how to do that? And I said, I do. So I came over to do, you know, get them set up with a website and email and, you know, uh, logos and, you know, different things like that that uh -huh. they didn't have. Sure. And while I was here, the grant writer quit. And they said, hey, you know, you look like you could do it. So that's kind of how you take things over around in a nonprofit. If sure. you look like you can do, do it, it, you get to do it. <laughs> So I, I kind of took on the smaller grants first and went back to school and, you know, went through some training courses and different things. And um, a couple years in after I started doing that, the grant writer that wrote all the big federal grants and the county and the city grants and stuff like that um, went to work for the school district. And so she was leaving, and but she kind of knew she was leaving. So she said, 
how about if we go ahead and train you on this because I know I'm leaving and these are really big grants and you need to know how to do these. You know, you can't just let you off into the universe and, you know, feel alone. So two years in, not really knowing too much, I got those <laughs> as a lovely gift. <laughs> you got a promotion. I got a promotion, yeah. Oh, boy. So, um, you know... I, I really love the mission. I'm not a counselor. I, you know, I just hear all these stories and then I put them into some text that maybe somebody will find heartwarming or interesting or, you know, see the vision that we do of, you know, no matter, like I told you, no matter if it's one youth or if it's 10 youth, you know, it's, you're making a difference. You're making an impact and it's long lasting. Mm -hmm. You know, we have very few that come back and you know do it again and again and again they they do come back with their family or a parent a caregiver and they counsel and you know the mission of safe house just really appealed to me as a mom myself sure. and um you know at the time i started here my daughter was like four or five and my son was 12 and i totally identified with the mission of you know, I Company could see, I could see some of their friends that would come over and hang on the couch and, you know, didn't want to go home and, mm. you know, and it just kind of, I, I just really believed in what they were doing and you could see the impact and get the success stories and, and, and how much we grew. Cause when I started here, it was just this and the transitional living program uh -huh. and it moved into, you know, a whole nother thing all the way out in the desert and, you know, um, built from the ground up. Sure. So, you know, that being kind of involved in that and writing the grants for it and obviously a, a project manager for a building, um, I really bought in, you yeah. know, because it's like, okay, now I'm responsible for these buildings, you know. Sure. So that's, you know, I just, I really love what we do. And, you know, I think that uh, as time has gone on, you kind of see the problems change and the issues change. And, you know, back when we first opened, kids were kind of running away and mad because, you know, they they got put on restriction or, you know, hey, I got caught smoking pot or what mm -hmm, it was, sure. you know, it was different things. And now it's really, truly some severe mental health issues and lots of things going on in the home. And COVID just really impacted kids and they're you know i guess because maybe they were social media has really impacted children yeah you know their um their confidence and their you know like they see uh people out or celebrities you know living these lives these influencers and they think they can do that and that you know or why am i not good enough why don't i have that sure. you know yeah. and um or they're friends with people that they go to school with that are off on the great vacation and they're just home yeah. You know, yeah, and it really has done a number on a lot no, of kids, it's true. yeah. Even with my children, like COVID, it just has made them very uncertain about the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that you can see a disease that's so widespread, send everybody home, and then people sheltering in place, and just it seemed like overnight, like the whole world changed. Mm -hmm. So now they wonder, well, like, what does the future hold? So I do see how COVID has had a very dramatic impact on the kids. Yeah. And not only kids, but adults too. Yeah. Well, you sure. know, and I mean, if you're a parent and you lost your job yes. and you're not paying rent mm -hmm. and you're not able to feed your family or you're trying to figure that out or you can't go to work just because it's shut down of what you're, whatever you're doing, 
um, then that trickles into your worry and anxiety. Anxiety trickles into your kids. Absolutely. And so it wasn't only kids we're looking at; we're dealing with adults. But yeah. you know, adults are able to vocalize that. That's right. And go, they know to go take care of it, or hopefully they do. Sure. You know, um, but the then there's certain adults that don't, and then it became um, you know problems that were in the home before that maybe the kid could go to school and escape were there. Yeah. You know, uh, alcoholism, substance abuse, domestic violence, verbal abuse, things like that mm-hmm. became more heightened because now you've got, you know, that caregiver that, you know, I could get away from for eight hours or I could call little Johnny and say, hey, can I stay the weekend with you? Now you can't do that. Right. There was no couch surfing, mm. you know, because yeah. somebody's parent is like, no, I don't want them in my home. They might have COVID. That's right. You know, sure. so you're staying here and they're staying they're there. there. Right. Sure. You know, so that really affected things, too, because even the Riverside County Sheriff was saying like that first year of, you know, six months or whatever, a lockdown, domestic violence went up 45 percent in oh, Riverside yes. County. Oh, so, man. you know, that was that's huge. That is huge. And so those issues that aren't resolved then now have festered over. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we're back to work, but, you know, the, the damage has been done. That's right. Sure. And in the absence of any counseling, which a lot of families just perhaps go without, you know, you can see where there's the consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, 